You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Hi, welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. I am so excited you guys are in for such a treat today. I have my friend and one of my first coaches I ever hired with me today. Her name is Kaylee and she's a relationship coach. And I felt like she would be the perfect person to bring on here to talk to us today about boundaries, people pleasing, what to do when someone doesn't like you or when someone's upset with what you're up to, because she talks so good about this on her social media. I've coached with her before and she's coached me on these things. And I just felt like it would be such a service for you guys to be able to hear from her. So everyone say hi to Kaylee. Kaylee, say hi to everyone. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Yes, I'm so excited. So let's just jump right in. Let's dive right in. The first thing I want to ask you, Kaylee, is one, how did you get into coaching? What's your story? Why boundary coaching? (laughs) Yeah. So it's actually perfect that we're going to the story first because you sent me some questions ahead of time to think about and you asked about overcoming people pleasing and relationships. And one of the biggest things that I feel like you need in order to do that is to have a strong why behind why it's important to you to even do this because it's so uncomfortable that if you don't, you'll never do it. So for me, with my story, I had just had my daughter. She's four now, but I she's my first baby, my only baby. I'm pregnant with a second baby though. Anyway, she was a newborn and I was just really struggling with a lot of anxiety. And when I got down to it, I realized... I don't know how to tell anyone no. And so my anxiety is through the roof because, and I don't know that I recognized all of this at the time, but I do now. My anxiety was through the roof because whatever anyone threw at me, I felt like I had to say yes to. So I never knew what to expect. I was just so overwhelmed. And that is when I was like, I don't want to be this kind of wife. I don't want to be this kind of mother. Like, I don't want to be anxious all the time. And that is when I reached out to a therapist and I was like, I need some help. And she took a few days to respond. But in the meantime, it was so weird. I found this life coach and I started listening to her stuff. And my mind was blown because I had always been pretty anxious. And I didn't think that there was really a way out of that. And the tools that she taught just blew my mind. And that's when I got into coaching and learned about it and started applying the tools. And they were just so life-changing for me. And I'd also studied family and human development in school. So it was a topic I was interested in. And that's kind of how I got into coaching. I love that. I love that your story is wrapped up in anxiety and people pleasing because I have the same exact story about five years ago when my little boy was born. I was going through the same thing where I just would say yes to everything And I had so much anxiety and my relationships, there was like weird resentment everywhere because I was people. Yes. And that's actually how I found coaching too, was because of my people pleasing tendencies and the anxiety that that, that brings. And so I love that we're the same on that. Okay. So teach us what, where does people pleasing come from? What's the problem with it? And where do we go? Yeah, I think... I think people pleasing comes from fear, mostly like we want to belong. That's a really normal, natural human desire. And that's great. But we also, I think, have a desire to belong to ourselves. And so when we get in the habit of sort of betraying ourselves to try to kind of artificially create connection, 
we end up feeling so disconnected from ourselves and so disconnected and resentful towards everybody else. And oftentimes I think when we're in that, we tend to blame everybody else. Like if everybody else was just more considerate or this or that, then everything would be better when really it's our own inability to be genuine. Totally. Totally. I totally agree. And I think you're right where you said people pleasing comes from fear, which is makes sense why there's anxiety associated with people pleasing a lot of times and how, at least for me in my life, like it's that like fear of not belonging to others. I love how you articulated, but then you give up the, the belonging to yourself. It's like you create this disconnect internally in order to try to create a connection externally. And it doesn't work like that. Like we work from the inside out, not the outside in. And so learning to belong to yourself, then that creates so much deeper connection in our relationships. And for me, it created like not needing anything from anyone else because I take care of that for me. And then my relationships were just fun and exciting and like so much gratitude, I guess. Yes, no, totally. And I think you start attracting different kinds of relationships into your life and just a completely different dynamic. It's so cool. Totally. So why do you think that so many of us, so many women like struggle with people pleasing? I think we're conditioned to people please. You know, I mean, I think it's in our nature to be, to care and to be empathetic. And then I also think a lot of cultures feed us the message that that's attractive and desirable. And that's what a good woman is. You know, there's kind of this, like, she's like, she's so selfless. It's like one of the compliments we give women. (laughs) So I think that's kind of, kind of how it maybe comes about. Totally. I was actually talking to my friend this morning about this topic because, well, I'll tell you guys, I just told Kaylee this before we started the call, but really funny. I have been working at Starbucks. When I told my friend that earlier, she was like, you're a barista at Starbucks. I'm like, no, I no. Love it. no, I'm sitting. Oh, on you've been working. I'm working <laughs> on my computer at Starbucks. I am not working at Starbucks. Anyway. So I go to Starbucks and I work on my business and there's this man, this older man, and he comes and he sits like super close to me and just wants to chat, but I'm like on my computer. So like socially my head is like, dude, can't you tell that I'm like working? I don't want to talk right now, but he can't tell and, or he doesn't care. (laughs) And so I was, I was laughing because I realized this morning that like, I had never said to him, like, excuse me, I have to work. I can't talk right now. I just kept talking to him, even though I needed to be doing something else. And I was so uncomfortable with like how close he was sitting to me. And I never said anything. I think that's really interesting, honestly, to look at like, what is going on? Like, why would I not say something So I call my friend and she's like, dude, have you read the book Chillpreneur? Have you read that book? Yes, I love Denise. Okay, so I haven't read it. I'm going to read it. But she said, she's like, I think we do this because for generations, our great grandmas were getting burned at the stake, like the witches, like for, for speaking up, even generationally, like women that spoke up, like there actually could be damage done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so I do, I could totally see even genetically and like pass down. Yeah. There's this fear that we can't speak. We can't say what we need to say or ruffle any feathers or do anything yeah. to make anybody upset. And so I think it's so cool though, that our generation gets the opportunity to overcome that, that we have the knowledge and the power to not be like, victim anymore, but to like rise above it and overcome that part of our brain that 
is based in fear. So totally. I think too, when you mentioned the, you know, in our genetics kind of, I think a lot of people pleasing is sort of passed down in different ways. And that through your, your environment growing up, I think affects the level to which you people please. Totally. So one of my favorite quotes about people pleasing is people pleasing is lying. <laughs> that if you're people yeah. pleasing, you're lying. Will you expound on that? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I actually I remember when you posted, you posted something about that. And the way you said it, I was like, oh, like a knife in my chest because it was so true. But it also was like a bitter pill to swallow a little bit. So will you expound more on that? Yes. Okay. So the first time I heard someone say that people pleasing was lying, I was like offended by it because I growing up struggled with this like form of OCD that's called scrupulosity. And it's where you feel like extreme guilt around moral or religious things. And I was such an honest quote unquote person that I like, it was ridiculous out of control. So when I heard this idea that people pleasing was lying, I was like, no way. Like I am one of the most honest people. Like, sure. so offended by it. But then the more that I thought about it, I was like, oh my gosh, it is like you're acting like you're happy to do something that you are not happy to do. And then after the fact, you're resenting and being frustrated with them. Like you just lied to them. You acted like you wanted to do something you didn't want to do, or you thought something that you didn't think. And so that reframe for me is like, oh, it's lying. It's fake. Like I'm being fake when I people please was such a, like, I think when we're reframing these things, like people pleasing, when you're trying to get rid of that pattern, it's important that we not just look at the thoughts, but also the beliefs that are like upholding those behaviors. So for instance, with people pleasing, there's kind of a belief that that's the nice thing to do. Like if someone asks you to do something, it's the nice thing to do to say, yes, well, if you can reframe that and be like, well, actually, if you're going to be resentful, it's actually not nice. It's fake, that belief that like people pleasing is fake can help you to shift out of that pattern and stop behaving in that way. So really reframing that idea has been really helpful to me. Me too. It made such a huge difference in my life because I always thought I was being nice and everyone else was being rude because they weren't people pleasing. Yes. <laughs> I was being nice, you know, I'm over here being nice. Meanwhile, I'm like resentful and judging everyone and annoyed, but like, whatever. And so yeah, it was so helpful for me to look at it that way that like people pleasing is, is not truth telling. And I talk a lot about like the yoga philosophy and like a lot of Eastern philosophies. And one of the words that they use is called satya and it means truthfulness, but there's deeper meaning. Sometimes it's hard, like semantics and language, because when they talk about this, it's like, it's not thou shalt not lie. It's like holding truth and being true to yourself in all times, always as like such a strong practice. And when you do it, it leads to like peace and enlightenment. And it follows right after the first one, which is ahimsa, which means love. So it's like the whole idea is like, can we hold love, the energy of love and truth at the same time? Can we love somebody and be honest? And say things in a way that aren't violent or to harm, but to get what we need taken care of. And I love that combination of like love and truth go together. And I love okay. that you talk about that with boundaries. Will you, will you expound more on boundaries? Yeah. So I love that idea. 
with that, I think when I started setting boundaries, my biggest fear was that I was going to hurt people in my life that I really cared about. And it literally terrified me, like made me sick. And I think most women who go through this can probably relate that it's like, it's a really feels very scary and vulnerable for yourself. But also you're just like, almost afraid you're going to hurt people that you love and care about. So I think with that, the holding love and truth, it's knowing that initially when you set a boundary, it may upset people. It may feel hurtful to them. They may interpret it in a way, especially if you're someone who is a big people pleaser. When you set a boundary or something, it's not how people have perceived you in the past. And so it can feel really harsh, like compared to what you've been doing. So knowing like it might hurt, but ultimately I found in my relationships that when I'm honest, even if initially it does create some distance, we're giving each other an opportunity to grow and develop by being honest with each other. And so just when you said that about love and truth, I think knowing that when you set boundaries, when you start telling people no, when you start being more genuine, it might offend people, but ultimately you're giving them an opportunity to grow and develop and you're giving yourself that opportunity. So when it comes to setting boundaries, I just think it's so important that you kind of reframe how you think about them. And and really when it comes to boundaries, I think most women, it's not so much that we need like these firm boundaries where we're like giving these like hard lines. It's just, we need to be genuine and be honest more often. I've set a lot of like, quote unquote, boundaries. I don't know that I've ever had a time where someone like crossed them more than once. Does that make sense? Like I, I, if I spoke up for myself, I usually people respect them. For the most part, I found just making requests gets the job. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Like I I use the term. You go Go ahead. (laughs) No, I just feel like whenever I make a request, I used to be like, oh, I need to set a boundary. But now I'm like, oh, I just need to ask somebody to do this different or see if they're willing to open up to doing this like this or whatever, or make a request. Hey, do you care if I bring this instead of that? Like just little things like that. And and then it almost eliminates the need to like set these hard boundaries. But I have in the past had to set a few like hard lines in the sand. I felt good about it because it was from like a place of love, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. I think more often I use the term boundaries pretty loosely because as women, we just suck at even telling the truth. And usually if we tell the truth, the other person's like, Oh, okay. Like no problem, you know? Yeah. Um, But when it comes to like, if you need to set a firm boundary, first of all, just make requests, ask people for what you want, tell them the truth. But if you need to set a firm boundary, just remember that you decide how you'll respond if someone continuously crosses, like if you've communicated, hey, please don't do this, or that's not going to work for me, and they continue to push back, then you might need to set a firmer boundary, which is like, hey, if you keep, this is just a random example that pops in my mind first off, but like, if you keep asking that, I have to do this with my four-year-old. I'm like, if you ask me again, you're not going to be able to watch TV for the rest of the day. So setting that boundary of like, this is what I'm going to do. Not, Hey, if you ask again, I know exactly what you mean. I feel like it has to be what you're going to do. So it's like, if you do this, then I will do this. Not because a lot of times girls come to me, at least in coaching, you know, and they're like, 
I need to set a hard boundary. And so if you do this, then you have to leave the house. And I'm like, well, you don't really have any control unless you're going to physically pick him up and leave, like, or call the cops or call the cops. Right. So like <laughs> it needs to be, you need to say it clearer. Like if you do this, then I will call the cops or if, Oh, that's a huge, that's like a big boundary. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> if you, if you leave the toilet seat down, then or up, then I will shut it or like whatever you just come in and you give what you will do. Cause you are not in control of other people. That leads me into what I was thinking about with boundaries, with people pleasing is the, I feel like one reframe that just changed so much for me was that I had no control over how other people felt. I have this way of saying this now. It's like, I care about how people feel, but I am not responsible for how people feel. I used to take responsibility over other people's emotions. So like the man at Starbucks, if he felt uncomfortable, I thought it was my fault. Like I made him feel uncomfortable. When the reality is, is his own thoughts created his discomfort. It wasn't me. Now, do I recognize that my actions do influence what people think and how they feel? Yes. And so I want to be aware. I want to be a kind person. I want to think about how my actions will influence somebody else's life. But in the same breath, I'm not responsible for their feelings. That is their responsibility. And that was one of the most freeing reframes I've ever had in my life because I just always felt like if somebody was mad, it was because of me. If I did something and they felt mad, it was my fault. So if a friend got mad at me, it was my fault. And now I can be like, okay, like her feelings are coming from her own thoughts and my feelings are coming from my thoughts. And so then I'm just in charge of keeping my feelings in love, my feelings like in a high vibrational energy. And then hopefully that will reflect over, but often it doesn't. And that's not up to you to decide. You can do your very best. That's the funny thing with people pleasing, right? You can do your very best to please someone and you still won't do it. They'll still be mad. They're still not pleased. So it's kind of a lost cause anyway. Yeah. And I think too, when you're setting those boundaries, there's a lot of anxiety that can come up from setting boundaries. And I think that's a lot of times the anxiety that comes up is why we don't set boundaries. We're trying to avoid it, but then we end up being more anxious on the back end. But I also think when it comes to setting boundaries, calm your anxiety around the other person's how they might feel and their reaction. Don't try to control how they take it. And if you can calm your own anxiety about it and be like, you know what, if this is a healthy relationship that I'm meant to have in my life right now, we'll get through this. Then you're going to show up from a different place of not this icky, like trying to control people place and the people in your life will feel that. And I think feel safe with you as a result. So I think that's huge. And I also think, and I, I'm not, I guess, saying that, that this is why you should, but I do think sometimes this follows is that people tend to mirror other people's energy. And so a lot of times if you go in with like high, good energy and you're, you get yourself okay first where you're not graspy while you're not trying to control and you go and take care of your needs, people tend to most of the time, not always, but a lot of the times mirror your energy and then they just oh, okay, we're good, you know? And so I think yeah. if you can get yourself in the right headspace, it does help the whole situation. So, totally. okay, so I have another question for you. So like, what about with our husbands or our spouses? How do you coach people and how do you coach yourself? Like, what if your husband's doing something that 
you don't like <laughs> that you want him to change. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to husbands, I think a lot of times the same way we do it with our kids, where we try to control them because either like we want validation from them or we are fearful of like, if they don't do what we think they should do or whatever with your husband, I think first reframing some beliefs around him not being like an extension of you and he's not yours to control the same way your kids aren't. What was really helpful for me because I really struggled with that is realizing that I kind of morally disagree with being controlling. Like I think it stunts the people in our lives development if we try to do that. And I just don't, it's not something that feels healthy or right to me. And so reframing that and being like, my husband gets to be who he wants to be. And obviously I'm free to make requests. I'm free to give feedback when it feels healthy, but checking myself, I'm like, why do, why am I trying to control him? Is it because I want to feel better? Usually that's exactly what it is. And then looking at, okay, how can I feel better without trying to control him? And I can make requests again, but is that the kind of wife that you want to be and kind of figuring out who you want to be? And maybe sometimes you do want to be the kind of wife who makes a request, but there's a difference, I think, between being controlling and making requests. Does that make sense? Totally. It's like that needy energy too. Like I need you to change so that I can feel better. And that's the thing I want you guys to reframe in your mind. You don't need anything outside of you to change to feel better. You can feel better by changing things in your brain. Now, sometimes you might want to change your circumstances too. I think that's a great idea too. But knowing that you can feel good regardless of what anyone does around you. And so then you get to go to your husband or go to your kid or go to your mother-in-law or whoever. And you get to go with, I don't need you to change, but maybe make, when it feels right, make a request. Like, like, I don't need you to change, but I want you to change. <laughs> yeah. I've said that. So know, I'm like, yeah. I don't need you to do anything different, but freak man, it would help me so much. I would have to do 10 times less thought work if you would just do this one thing different. And my husband's like, oh, okay. Like I think he he takes it so much better than when I'm like, you're doing this wrong and you need to change because I can't feel good if you do it. You know, like, like when you take ownership over how you feel and then go and make requests, I just think it's such a healthier way to be in a relationship. And also you guys think about this too. If something's chasing you, what do you do? You run. So. If you're like graspy, I need you to change. You're like, you're like grabbing like that controlling energy. That's what I think of is when we're trying to control it's this graspy energy. It does the opposite of bring connection. And usually what I found when I'm coaching people with their spouses, the reason they're graspy is because they want connection and it ends up creating more disconnection when we get in that energy. So just being really aware of like what I want is to connect. What I'm creating is disconnection. How can I not fall into a mindset that keeps me stuck or spinning in my relationship, but like rise above it, get in good energy myself, feel good, belong to myself first, and then go and make requests or then go and try to connect or whatever. I had had a really interesting experience one time with my husband. I was so mad at him. I can't remember why. But I was so mad at him and I was writing in my journal and 
I don't know. Have you heard of Gabby Bernstein? She's an author. She's cute. She, um, she has these prayers in her book that she writes like, I source God, I need you to help me see this different. Right. And so I like, was like, kind of like writing that in my journal and the thought just came to me so strong of like, there's an abundance of love within you. You don't need to reach outward for it. Like you don't need Colton's love to feel good. You don't need anybody's love. You do that. You can create that in here. And then ever since then, it's just been such a healthier relationship because I'm not needing him to love me. He gets to feel however he wants. I love me. And then it's been so fun because our relationship has just bloomed because now he's not feeling like I'm needy and chasing. Yeah. And then I just feel gratitude every time he does give love. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I think when we're, when our relationships are about validation seeking, it's never going to create connection. It's kind of like a little repulsive when somebody's like a leech trying to like suck feeling good about themselves from you. And I think that that's something like if we can get out of the habit of looking for that validation and giving it to ourselves first, you'll find you probably get a lot more validation from your husband. Totally. Exactly. 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 So I love that. So Kaylee, give me an example of what's something I can do right now to create deeper connections in my relationships and stop people pleasing. Do you have any tips or like tools that you do so that you make sure that you aren't people pleasing and you're not falling into that trap? My biggest suggestion would be to pay attention to your emotions. And I think they're good community. They kind of communicate to us what's coming up. Like if you're feeling resentment, we tend to make it about the other person And like, I'm feeling resentment because they're not doing what I wish they would, but really turn it back on yourself. So when you notice yourself wanting somebody else to change, kind of flip it and be like, okay, but how could I initiate what I'm wanting by going inward and figuring out what I could do different? So if you want more connection, less people pleasing, practice getting out of the habit of wanting other people to change and ask yourself, how can I go ahead and be the change that I'm wanting in these relationships. Once you take your power back like that, I just think it's such a, it completely changes the way that you do relationships and the way that you feel. I I mean, for me before, when, before I had my daughter and when I first had her, I just felt so powerless in relationships and like they were happening to me. And now knowing that like, if there's something I want to change, I usually can make a shift myself that creates what I'm wanting. I love that. What do you feel like is the biggest thing that has helped you stop worrying about like what other people think and if they're going to be upset or happy or mad? Like how have you done anything or have you had any like reframes that have helped you the most when it comes to that? I would say first knowing that I don't know that I'll ever get rid of caring what people like I care deeply (laughs) what people think and knowing that that's okay, that I feel that way. And it's not me living my life for others is going to leave me feeling resentful and disconnected from myself. It's not going to allow me to be the mom and the wife that I want to be because I'm anxious and resentful and stressed. So 
really grounding into that why of I want to be the kind of person who is able to feel love towards my family and people pleasing was not creating that for me. So that kind of reframe has been what's driven me even I'm sure at times it hasn't maybe I, I I'm sure I haven't handled things perfectly, but I truly feel like my desire was coming from a place of love of wanting to really feel connected and not resentful. And that's driven me to set some boundaries that felt so hard for me, but have freed me up to actually feel like I'm being myself and take it or leave it. Like I love you. Right. So anyway, I just think that reframe of like, who do you want to be? And is people pleasing really allowing you to be that person or is it keeping you from it? Yeah, I love that. That's so good. So this is a question I have for you actually from me. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yeah. What do I do if I worry about people being mad? I have a thought that serves me, I'll tell you. And then you can tell me if you have any additional ideas. But I have yeah. a thought that really serves me when I'm worried somebody's going to be mad at me because that's a big one that comes up for me. And it's like, it's safe for people to feel however they want to feel. I love Something- that. There's something about the word safe. Like, I don't know. It's the fear thing, but it feels unsafe for somebody to be upset with me. And so I have to remind my brain and that wording has helped me a ton. Like it's safe for people to be mad at me. It's safe for somebody not to what I'm saying. It's safe for me to do something that's completely opposite of what people around me think is what I quote unquote should be doing. Right. And so that's been helpful for me. Do you have any other ideas or thoughts on that? That's so good. I think we're tribal in nature. Like that's why it does. Like that's, I think why that word safe feels so good. Cause we literally used to, if you got kicked out of the tribe and you're on your own, you're dead. Like that's it for you. Yeah. I love that. I, I would say knowing that you have to move towards that anxiety and fear and not try to get away from it and just get better at feeling anxiety and fear and stepping into it. And then your brain will see that it's safe to do that. I went through this myself and I've watched so many of my clients go through this where it feels very unsafe to set boundaries. Then they set one and to all the people in our lives credit, they're a lot nicer and more reasonable than we sometimes give them credit for. They're a lot more reasonable than we give them credit for. And you will find that it's safe to set boundaries, the more you set them, and then that will allow your nervous system to calm down so that the next time it'll feel scary, but not that scary. I always talk about like your five big no's. If you can set five boundaries that make you want to just like, you know, crawl in a hole and die, then that will be enough to show your brain, okay, it's safe. And every time you do it, you're gonna feel this sense of belonging to yourself that is life changing. Like you're going to feel in your body like, oh, I am a safe person for myself. I will show up for myself. I can count on myself. And that is also going to give you momentum with setting boundaries. I love that so much because on this podcast, we talk a lot about this idea of training the animal within. And the whole idea is that we have to be willing to do uncomfortable things like train and discipline ourselves to do these things that are uncomfortable so that our brain knows that we're, we're trustworthy, that when we say we're going to do something, we do it and it's safe to do it. 
I give the example with exercise a lot because so often we fear, like we have this fear of the unpleasantness that's going to happen when we exercise, you know, like the soreness and the heart, like just the pain of exercising. But as we start to do it and we start to build that inner self-trust that like I do things, even when it's hard, I take care of myself, even when it's uncomfortable, like setting a boundary, you create this deep inner trust and inner integrity with yourself that then your brain starts to believe you when you talk. Yes. To, and then it makes doing all the thought work in all the areas so much easier because your brain now has evidence that you will do what you say, even when it's uncomfortable and that it's safe to be uncomfortable. I think we have such a fear of discomfort that we, we just push it away at all costs. And then we end up really, really, really uncomfortable. <laughs> so it yes. makes things worse. I love love how you talk about training the animal, because I really do think boundaries with ourselves are another area where if you're a people pleaser, that might be an area that is a little tough, too, because you're so used to, you know, you'll you'll show up to a lunch with a friend like you would if you're a people pleaser, you would never just blow someone off. But you would totally blow off your own plans. And that's something that I think boundaries with yourself kind of come in when we're talking about getting better boundaries with other people. Yeah. And that was this morning I had, I took a second while that guy was sitting next to me and I, I was just thinking like, I was like, Hey, what would I tell my client right now? If this was happening to her. And I was thinking how I was not like keeping my own boundary because for me, this was my one hour of work time. This is the only time I have to work today. And if I don't keep this to myself, if I don't keep my own boundary here, then it will end up rippling onto my kids because then I won't have the time with my kids and then it'll ripple on my husband because I'll feel like I'm behind and blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't just affect me. And so recognizing that. And then, like you said, stepping into the fear, like I had to say out loud to a guy, like, I'm sorry, I don't have time to talk right now. I'm on a limited amount of time, so I can't really talk. That's literally like my worst nightmare. You guys, that's like the worst case scenario. It's yes. a random old man. We have to <laughs> say that too. But doing it was so liberating because it, like you said, it was like, okay, this is safe. This is okay. It's okay to do that. It was a little awkward. And then he got up and he went somewhere else and it was fine. And I'll see him again tomorrow, I'm sure, but <laughs> it's fine. And I think that point of like, my worst fear was saying it to this random old man that I didn't even know is so, I mean, it just illustrates uh, something that I think is huge with people pleasers the people you feel safest and most comfortable with, like your husband or your kids, those are the people that you're going to end up taking out your resentment, your frustration, your anxiety. Usually when we're people pleasing, it's like the people that are not, they're important people, right? But you're not as responsible to them as you are to your husband and your kids. And so I just think if there's one reframe when you're trying to get better at setting boundaries that should help you, it's like, When I people please, I am not being good to the people who are most important to me. You mentioned controlling our husbands, right? When I was a people pleaser, I would try to control everybody else and how they had this image of being so nice. But I wasn't very nice to my husband during that time because I was so freaking anxious. So I just think reframing all of that and think about who you want to be to the people that are most important to you and is people pleasing getting you there. Totally. And I think it's so interesting that you said that about how we're always trying to people please like people outside of our own little bubble sometimes, because one day I was coaching, it was actually one of my family members, like a male family member. 
And he was feeling anxious about not hitting his goal. And I was like, who are you worried about seeing this? Like, who are you worried about judging you? Or like, what's the problem, you know? And I was like, wait, wait, don't tell me. Let me guess. It's somebody you don't even really know that good. And you don't care about that much. And in logically, and he literally like jaw on the floor was like, how did you know that? And it was like this random lady in town that is another person that he was kind of competing against, but not really even know, you know? And I was, he's like, how do you know that? I'm like, I see a pattern with my clients that the people like they're so worried about judging them or so worried about how they feel are often people not even in their little circles. It's like some random person from high school or some random guy at Starbucks or some lady on the street. Like, and it's so interesting. But what I love is once you gain awareness over that, you can almost laugh about it and you'll start seeing it and you get that consciousness. And then you're like, oh, okay. So like funny, calm down brain. We're not going to spin out in this. So for me, like when I worry about what people think, or if I worry about hurting somebody's feelings or things like that, I like to remind myself, there are a couple people in the world that really, really, really care about their opinion, but there's only like three, maybe tops. (laughs) So, and so those are the people I'm going to go to, to ask for their opinions about things and everyone else. I'm going to let them have their opinions because there's only those two three people that are so close to me that I'm going to really worry about that with. Yeah. And those are usually the people that are like the safest ones that want you to feel good. I mean, that are totally fine with you setting boundaries with them. I just think that that's something that has been enlightening to me as I've gone through this journey is realizing, oh, like there are some people, the people most important to me who want me to set boundaries and want me to be healthy and happy. And so you'll figure out who your people are when you go through this process. Totally. And I'd say have grace with people as you do, because as you make that change, it's uncomfortable for others sometimes. It's just different. Your brain thinks safe equals same. So when you start acting different in your relationships, if you're a people pleaser and then you start setting some boundaries or making requests, it is just different for people. So if you can have grace for them during that transition, what I found is it just took a couple weeks and then everyone settled into what is the new Megan or the new regular <laughs> in the relationship and everyone was fine, but there was a minute where it was a little weird for a second and, and it was okay. It was worth it a million times over because now our relationships are so much cleaner, so much calmer. Just, I don't have resentment. You can let go of resentment. You can let go of control, but it will take a little bit of discomfort for a second, but it's discomfort that's worth it. Totally. And when people have a strong reaction, I think a lot of times they're feeling fear too, fear of losing a connection with you. And so I, I totally am with you giving people that space to like have their feelings and letting them know like you're, you're right there and you love them and you're just trying to be more genuine and honest. Yeah. I love that so much. Haley's the best time you guys. Tell us a little bit about this. Where can people find you? What can they like? Can they they can join your membership if they have like problems with this or they're struggling with this? Tell them more. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Good Thoughts Rising. She always posts the best stuff. I love to follow her. So, okay, thank you so much for coming on, Kaylee. You guys, thanks for being here. Till next time. See you later.